The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. This week, Balcata bounced back with a beautiful brace brought to you by the authorially named EJ Douse. We have foreign correspondent Joe Steer phoning from the UK to talk about the Euros, Harry Evans on Inglewood season, and I think about eating a hat. Find out why on this episode of the Perth Football Podcast. And welcome down to the Hush Connective on a Monday night for the Perth Football Podcast. We are back again. I am joined across the table from me with, by, with, by, with, by producer Kalichi. Are you still the producer when you've appeared on like three episodes in a row? Yeah, of course. Cool. You can, you can, you can, uh, look, you're a Dr. You're a Dr. Dre fan, right? Yeah, I just completely <laughs> forgot that this is actually like our show. We can do what we want. Exactly. Yeah, you're, anyway. you're, a, you're a rapper producer. You're like Kanye. Yeah. All right. We're not. We haven't got. Wait, wait, wait. We old, haven't got I, Kanye. Can you mute him? We haven't introduced him yet, so he is not. The, the sound of the impatient prick you've just heard. We we, we are joined by uh, the great man himself. Harry Evans from Inglewood. Harry. The other great, great man. Yeah. How are you, Harry? Yeah, good, lads. Thanks thank for having me on. No, thank you so much for coming in. Now, you might be a great man, but across from you is the greatest man, Josh Chiat. You heard him before just trampling all over me. He thinks he can do what he wants now that he's got that moniker. How are you, Josh? Uh, great. <laughs> I feel great. I feel like the greatest almost. All right. That's enough out of you because we have a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to talk about it in. We are going to... Get on to, uh, as I alluded to in the intro, uh, EJ Doust and her uh, wonderful performances, two performances this week. Uh, she got the brace and Balcata got up uh, over, oh, geez, who were they playing? Mum FC, FC, that's FC right. Shanton. You were um, there. Well, I know, but I've got their men's scores up in front of me and my, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was calling the game. I should know. Um, yes, we will get on to that. But before we get on, since we've got Harry in here for the first 20 minutes, um, we'll talk about the men's MPL and what better place to start than uh, Bayswater City 1, Inglewood United 1. Uh, tell us about that game, Harry. I mean, I think Kalichi and, and Josh were down there on Saturday. It was a, you know, end-to-end game. Um, I think the first half, Bayswater looked like the better side. And then we had a bit of a rollicking at halftime and we came out guns blazing and to be honest, with the chances we had, as mentioned on Saturday, we we probably could have nicked it. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a great game for for a player and spectator, I guess. In the second half, you guys went really direct, straight to yourself, and and we mentioned this off air. You never had an easy pass. It was balls to your head, balls to your shoulders. You were getting mano footballs all over the place, mate. So so tell us like what what's it like when you've got Hesketh hanging off your arm and you're and you're being told to like bring the ball down and get players into play. Yeah, it's tough, uh, Hesky and. Uh, Thomas Southgate, you know, they're probably two of the best centre-backs in the league. Um, yeah, it's just kind of get your body in there and, and take the hit, really. I mean, my body's still sore now, really. Um, <laughs> Steve, Steve will be happy to hear it. Yeah. Is that the sort of football that, that you've always played personally? Have you always been a target man or, or were you like a, a, a smaller kid growing up? Uh, so, really, English football, I've been out here three years now. Um, you know, English football's very direct. Um like we were playing on Saturday, so it suits me better. I mean, when I first came to Australia, I had to adapt my game um, in terms of, you know, be a bit more um, fluent in terms of playing the 10 and the 8. Um, but now we've changed the English style. It's really suited me um, at Inglewood. Yeah, that, I, I've seen you, most recently I saw you guys at Coburn and one of, as a team up near the top of the table, you're one of the few to uh, to actually beat Coburn this season. Um, but when we were watching you guys, uh, or when I was watching you that day, you you would direct when you got the ball, but that uh, maybe it's sort of the way you matched up with the, with wingbacks uh, against wingbacks against Coburn. But the, your counter attacking was just lethal on that day. Mm. Is that so? So whilst you're direct, mm. it's it's also the, from what I've seen more of a. It's not just lump the ball up. It's hey, we just want to move it forward quickly. Yeah, definitely. So it's just absorb pressure, and then on the counter we got the players like Chad Nilsson, Rob Barello, Manas. Buffer, you know that they're, they're, they're very direct and and yeah, it's 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 really effective in this league. They seem like they seem like the core of players that the instruction of get the ball, make something happen. It there's not much there's not many better teams in the league in in terms of players that are just geared to do that. I think I think that's been absolutely key because when I saw you guys early in the season, you kind of struggled against teams in terms of us from a, who had a structured defensive setup, 
And so now it seems like that first ball, you win the second phase and maybe it's broken play. And now all of a sudden you're 30 yards higher up the pitch and it might just be a case of a through ball or a quick cross and you're in there. So what, what, what's made that change kind of happen for you guys? I think it was, you know, we weren't getting the results and we had a chat and, you know, you've got to work with the players you've got. I mean, we were trying to play that effective football, you know, like um, like the Red Stars, Bayswater, Sterling, you know, they've got the personnel in terms of they've been together a while. We're probably quite inexperienced in terms of learning to play from the back. So, you know, we all had a chat all together as men um, and decided, you know, let's, let's change it up, um, stick to a plan. And, and, and the last eight games, it's been working. You know, I think I spoke to you, Kalichi, probably, what, eight weeks ago now, and we were saying, you know, we're playing good football, we're not getting the results. Mm. And eight weeks on, we're, we're looking very good, you know. So it's good. And, and you guys have been pretty fluid in terms of uh, what you've done with the formation. So you've had... Uh, you've gone with four at the back in some games. Mm. Uh, you had three at the back with the two wing backs mm. on the weekend. And then you yourself, you've also uh, gone in the midfield where you've been more in and amongst it. You've got lots of touches of the ball. You mm. have the opportunity to really run the game mm. versus uh, where we saw you on the weekend where you were more of a target man. You didn't get as many touches on the ball. Well, he got plenty of touches. It was just like coming at him in the most awkward, yeah. hardest and, position. And, and when you do, you've just got to try and make something happen. So, so you get... You're not so much running the games. How do you feel about that? Is it different for you? Do you prefer to be a player that's running the game in the midfield or do you prefer that target man role where, where you're really important to the team setup? You know what? I think I prefer the target man position. Um, I'm really enjoying it, actually. I mean, I look forward to every game, whereas before, you know, you get a lot of touches of the ball, but you don't get that many chances. Um, but now, you know, you can see the stats. We're getting so many more chances and I like bringing players into play as well. It's not all about me scoring goals. I'm probably not an out-and-out goal scorer, but I like bringing other players into play and, and creating goals for the team. Uh, you had the, your, your brother here on the studio, but you've also had your family coming down watching you. Man, what, What's that been like? Because uh, I like to say that there are two types of players, players who play as if their girlfriend is watching, and that's like your, your Manasseh's and your Buffer Bushes, <laughs> and then players who play like their mum and dad are watching, and that's clearly you with Hesketh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you say dad. Players dad, that play dad. for their dad, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's been tough. You know, I moved out from England in 2019 and I haven't seen them since December 2019. So, you know, to see them on the stand there after, what, nearly three years, it's obviously going to put an extra 10% in. Um, to You know, your dad and mum are always your biggest critics, especially my dad, he's a northerner. So <laughs> football's, football's like religion up there. So, you know, I always know when I've had a good game because he says, well, I've done some, but if I don't have a good game, you know, I don't even get a text or because he always tunes into all the games. So, yeah. So you were right. Kalichi was saying the guys, blokes that are playing for their dads are the ones that are getting in the biff. And yeah, you and Steve look to be about to throw down on the weekend. It's, um, Luckily, you, you, yeah, you kept the gloves off. Um, actually, putting the gloves on would be safer. Anyway, um, look, uh, Kalichi, when do you reckon is the best time to jump in for an opening question on a podcast? At, right at the start of the... Anytime, yeah. Sean. Well, right at the start would have been better, but I forgot to do it. So um, we are going to launch in now. We're going to have um, Harry's hot seat, we're going to call it, since you're here. Well, we can call it that every week, but then we're limited to only having footballers named Harry that can <laughs> come on the show. Who, who, who can we get next? Harry O'Brien. There, thank you, Harry O'Brien. Very good. Um, get, get him next week. I'm glad you um, answered that for me, Khalid. So but before we get to you, Harry, before we get to the Harry's hot seat, I'll throw it to, to the other guys. Um, the question that I came up with this week that I wanted to open with was uh, based on Elizabeth Doust's wonderful performance uh, and all of her best friends call her EJ. And EJ Doust, just to me, sounds like a novelist, like a like a writer, like a like a J.K. Rowling or a whatever. That that will also link to one of our questions. But Kalichi, if, if you were to write a book... Um, under the moniker of K, what's your middle name? It, it'd be TKO Sunwa. TKO Sunwa. What what would TKO Sunwa's uh, book first first hit selling book be called? It'd be called The Beautiful Struggle. The bit, this sounds like a man who's actually writing a book at the moment. So yes, <laughs> let's skip. <laughs> yes, let's let's skip on. Josh Josh Chiat. What's your middle name? Uh, Ilan. So J I Chiat. What would J I Chiat's uh, first first best selling novel be called? Love and Hip Hop, surely. Uh, the final synagogue. The f absolutely love it. All right, Harry, you've had a few bit of time to process this now, so we'll uh, we're going to start Harry's hot seat. We've got three big questions for you. We'll get onto why we're asking the other two in a minute. Well, once because we ask everyone. Um, but as we start at the timer, thirty seconds. What is the most important goal you've ever scored? Oh, there's been a few. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Recent in recent times, 
Um, probably when I came on against Gwellup for ECU and I scored a diving header to make it 1-0, um, which made us, it was a massive point in terms of winning that, that COVID year league. Um, yeah, to draw with Gwellup there, 1-0, first touch after being pissed off, for being benched after having a good game the week before. Um, coming off the bench, first touch, header, bang. What a way to all. stick it to the coach. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a way to stick it to the coach. And uh, points. <laughs> the players, you know, I wanted hey, to get, yeah, I wanted to uh, go over to the manager, but the players held me back. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. uh, more importantly, uh, Harry Potter, Hunger Games, or what was the other one? Twilight. 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 Oh, it's got to be Harry Potter. Okay, good. The missus will be happy with that. Of course, not of course your he picks Mike. the one named after uh, himself. <laughs> and who's the did top? It used to be, did it used to be Twilight or... Is this Josh's hot seat? Or Harry's hot seat? <laughs> Harry, <laughs> t- toughest opponent you've ever played against? Uh, in Australia or England? In or the any? world, anywhere. Okay. Yeah, do you know what? This is going to be one that people are going to be surprised with, but I'm going to have to say Adam Tong. Tongy. Is that because he just puts free kicks, top bins? And... There's that. And just in terms of as a target man, if I'm playing that position, he's just you just can't get around him. He's a man mountain. Yeah. So why do you think people are going to be surprised by that? Just because he's getting a bit old now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so we don't start old. We start younger. And yeah, anyway. But uh, he's, he's just experienced at that. Though, thank right? you. Harry's hot seat's over. Josh, what was your question about Twilight? Oh, no. I was just going to say, like, it started out as Twilight and Hunger Games, right? Yeah. And then everyone was and saying Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Like, oh, <laughs> option three. Yeah, we had to add a third. Well, that's what you have to do. Give the people what they want. Um, all right, let's move on down the uh, score sheets. We had, um, well, since I mentioned Coburn Sterling, they've done it again. They've done it again, Coburn Sean. have done it again. We say it every single week. I, I think I say it so much now that I say it twice, three, ten times a week. Coburn beat the top four, top five teams regularly. And, and and somehow they're still down in seventh. I, it is unbelievable. They beat them by the same scoreline they beat Floriat at Dal Martinez uh, earlier in the year. Three goals to nil. And Sterling did not look like scoring. They did not look like scoring for 90 minutes of that game. Uh, and I, I genuinely don't even know what it was. I don't know if you guys caught any of it, but... It was just, I mean, they got they got the lucky goal. I think there's a lot of mentality uh, to it. I was actually talking to uh, Diane Spaseski, who's hopefully going to be um, back. They, we were talking earlier about how he maybe had a misdiagnosis on how severe his injury was, so he may actually get back for a few games. Um, he's He was saying, obviously, before the, the game finished, they were on a title charge again all of a sudden. I think they... At one point in the season, they went six games without a win in all competitions after winning nine of their first 10. They're just very, very seesawing team. But in that six games, they scored one goal. So it's six games with no wins and one goal scored. And it just looked like they were done. Then they started to put a bit of form back together. And then this, I don't know, what do you guys think? This bump in the road might be the end of the title charge? We'll, or? we'll, we'll pass it to one of the players. So you, you've played against Sterling and obviously they play in a really tight shape. And, and Fergie being the coach that he is. But but what's it like when you play them? Because I'm sure, you know, look, if we if we get a goal here, we're in this game because they don't score two or three goals in a game. And 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 largely it looks like, obviously, Domfe's hurt and, and not been the same Michael Domfe that we're used to knowing. And it kind of seems like it's it's Calvin Whitney or, or, or nothing at the moment. So what, what's that like when you guys are playing them in terms of trying to shut that down? Yeah, I think, you know, Sterling are well-structured. I mean, they've, they've kept most of the team together that have come through from Div 1. Um, so as well, coming up a league, they all got a point to prove. So they even got that extra 10%, you know, 10, 15%. Um, and with Fergie's gaffer, you know, they're always going to be well-structured. Um, in terms of a team, I think, you know, they're one of the top teams in the league, probably one of the best teams I've played this year um, in terms of defensively and offensively. I know Dom Faye hasn't got the goals, but, you know, he's still, a, he's still a handful. Well, they obviously make it hard for you to score because that, well, up until... The weekend they might still have the best defensive record because uh, Perth uh, also got beaten. Uh, t- they only lost two nil, but still um, they got beaten pretty handily. Uh, but up until the weekend, they're the best defense in the league, so they obviously make it very hard for you to score, and that must yeah be a nightmare for you trying to trying to create. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I say, they're they're, they're second in the league. They haven't scored that many, but they haven't conceded either. And you look at other teams, you know, they're scoring at free flow, but conceding at free flow too. So. There's that fine balance with Sterling and, you know, I wouldn't write them off just yet. I think that could just be one a one-off result because, you know, they're, it's a they're tough league, on their to be team. fair. Yeah. It's a tough league and, and Coburn away isn't isn't an easy game, is it? No, well, we know that. <laughs> yeah, we, we say it every week. Uh, 
Speaking of free-flowing teams that concede a lot of goals, Florida Athena went away to Gwellup and uh, knocked them over 4-1. Pretty handy win there. I mentioned the glory getting up against Perth Soccer Club. That's a Perth glory, another one of those teams that can just upset the apple cart um, on their day. But that's a pretty big result for them now coming off the back of beating Armadale 5-1, now beating Perth 2-0. They might have something to say in the in the top four and certainly in knocking other teams out of the top four in the run-in. Uh, Perth Red Star getting up against Armadale five goals to one with Kalichi's boy Daryl Nickel on the not just on the score sheet again, on the score sheet undos tres times as he oh, seems three, want so he to do. He did get the fifth goal, mate. We were talking about that because the name hadn't come through on the um, on the results yep. yet when we were looking. And uh, actually, it, can, can, I, can I say something? Because Kalichi... You can say whatever you Kalichi, want, Kalichi mate. Kalichi is a little bit sore still about last week when we were... In in his words, lording it lording it over him. He's very upset he's about very, it. He's, he's very upset about being fifteen minutes. He's he very doesn't upset. like content. It was fifteen he minutes. He just doesn't like being wrong. So he was yeah. very upset about being wrong about the red card. Yeah, fifteen this minutes. This man has been on this Daryl Nickel train all year. I know. He's holier. He's holier than now. He, he we've says been, we've been he, riding he, it with he, him. He though. says he says I've been right about this all year. I haven't been. I've been holding over everyone. Anyone? Yeah, I was you like, have mentioned it every, every week. single time he scores in the group <laughs> yeah. chat. You yeah. are cheering like you've just won the. So world what, why cup. can you be a lord and we can't, guys? What I can't cheer a man scoring a goal in a week. Of course you can, absolutely. When we're right there with you, but but just let us have our moment as well, or our fifteen minutes. Fifteen so. moments. <laughs> we were right as well. Did, did you hear this? The, there was the the. It was the. So what was the other scores? It was the. It was, it was the, the red. <laughs> it was, no, don't do this. It was. <laughs> a, it was a red card for um. Uh, say his name uh, again. Riley, Riley Stevenson, Stevenson for um, in goals when he just sort of grabbed the guy after the ball had gone. Harry, and, it's irrelevant content. Um, yeah, and, and we said it's not a red card because the ball's relevant. gone too far. And and Kalichi, John O'Reilly was in here being wrong with him. Tommy <laughs> Dolman was on the line being wrong with them. And. Uh, the, yeah. the best part about Tommy Dolman being wrong is that Tommy Dolman sits on the fence about absolutely everything. On being told that he was incorrect, he then took aim at the panel. Uh, it's disgraceful. He went absolutely he disgraceful off at behavior. the mouth about everyone. Yeah. Tommy went absolutely rogue about I, it. I just <laughs> want to say that there was a game that was played and, it, and a man scored a hat trick and we're talking about you guys being right. All right. The other uh, score was Balcata won away to... Uh, Sorrento. Yes, and it had our one... Cue up the soundbite if you could for me, uh, producer Kalichi. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. So no dogzos on the weekend, but Harry, we did have a red card. Who was that for? I believe that was Balcada. Yeah, you told us the player. Oh yeah. I think it was Brent Griffiths. Well, that's as, that's as good as, <laughs> <laughs> as, good as it gets as any. It was Brent Griffiths. And did you see what happened, Kalichi? No, did tell Did you me see more. what happened, Josh? Uh, unless you were within that pack of 10 players at the corner, <laughs> I don't think you would have no seen it. No one saw happened. it. It wasn't on NPL.tv. It was just off the corner of the screen. It uh, didn't happen. Uh, I think it was Josh Manella was the referee, saw something out the corner of the eye and Brent Griffiths has just got up from a mass of players and just started storming off and he's got the second yellow and the red. Hasn't even looked back. So... Bit of a silly one in the 93rd minute when your team's about to take a free kick to potentially win the game against Sorrento. So yeah, um, you think he was one of the players who would have been a um, would have been a target at that free yeah, kick. Yeah, so well. he certainly deserves a, t- a naughty boy telling off. One other player who deserves a telling off. You've already mentioned him, Kalicia, and I don't think you saw this, but one of our favourites, Michael Domfey. We've said that uh, he's struggled with some injury, just hasn't found form. Um, went, since he's come back, we know he's a great goal scorer. He fits in the team well at Perth. They obviously played a very different style to the way Sterling play, um, and it just hasn't worked for him. Um, and if, But there is that potential that if it does start to click for him, that could be the missing ingredient that Sterling need if they can get the best out of him. But on the weekend, they brought him on uh, with the game looking like it was already gone. I think it was 3-0 at this stage, late stages, and penalty box, takes a touch. No. Gets booked for a dive. No. It, it was a bad one. It, it was a bad one. They don't They don't have on the MPL.TV highlights dives. So thankfully not too Can many I, people. Is there, are, a, is, is there a is boo that a, we have here? No, there's not a boo. Uh, no, because we, we like positivity here. But it, this is, is, was it just a yellow card? So it wasn't like a second yellow? No, it was just I, the first yellow. I've seen a second yellow for simulation before. I don't know. Were you playing that game, Kalichi? It was an Australia Cup game last year. Uh, it was North Perth against Northern City. And I was playing in that game and it was hilarious. <laughs> and this 
This guy's got his second yellow card for simulation. Clear <laughs> simulation. Like, clear simulation. And the best part is he has to sell it. He then hops oh, that's the, the entire bit. perimeter of the pitch to all the way back. The entire the way around. <laughs> to, to pretend and, like he's... Uh, and yeah, the, the, like, game, the game's over and he's got this huge brace around his knee. No one was near his knee. <laughs> just, just had to sell it the entire time. <laughs> so uh, before we wrap up here from part one and move on to talk women's MPL and then later on the women's Euros with a special guest phoning in from the UK, Kalichi, who's actually over there watching the games. Um... We just want to wrap things up. Floriot now three points clear on top now of Sterling. Uh, a point further back is Bayswater and then uh, Red Star. I keep saying June up because that's what it says on the Flash Score app. Um, June up back uh, on 30 points. So they're now six points behind Floriot, but with a game in hand. And then just behind June up three points back with a game in hand, Inglewood. There's still a lot to play for. And I said to you before this, this, this title is still, I think, on the line for all five of those top five teams. Sorrento, another two points back, probably a bridge too far, but it's only it's only two games behind if you win and the way teams are dropping points against everyone. You guys must still feel like, I know you're just going to say we have to play a game every week after week. And, oh, uh, don't prompt him with that. <laughs> Why would you but, prompt him? Because now be, I'm be, forcing be, him to say something else. Yeah, be more interesting. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you, you can still win the league, can't you? Never say never. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, like you say, everyone's dropping points. You would never have thought Sterling would have lost 3-0 on the weekend if you were a betting man. Um, so, look, it's going to be an interesting six weeks. I think it's the most exciting the league's been for a few seasons, top and bottom. And yeah. and, and who have you got to play running in? Because I can give you the names, man. So they've got Sorrento. And then after that, Florida Athena. And then Sterling. Well, that's well, that's what you win your next game and then that's you a, beat Florida and, and then, it's back to three and points. And Armadale. And then Sorrento again. Mm. Oh, and then Perth. Mate, you're playing all the spicy games. You talk about like six finals, right? Like yeah. you've yeah. basically got six finals running into the end of the season. Yeah. Have you got enough ice for your body at the end of these last six <laughs> games, mate? It's my head that's sore the most, mate. I've got lumps coming in the back of my head, front now, of my head. Now, before we let you go, Harry, I do have to pick you up. I'm very annoyed that you've picked as the most important goal you've ever scored, a goal where you came on in the COVID year, scored with your first touch, and uh, and it wasn't the goal that you scored from the penalty spot against Perth Soccer Club. And I'll tell you why is because this is one of my favourite moments in in MPL um, history. You all know. Speaking of second yellows for simulation, Phil Arnold's dive to get the second yellow against uh, is that Coburn. Your, your favourite moment? That, that is one of my favourites as well. That's the one I always tell people just for the entertainment, just for the box office factor. But the other one was uh, this uh, Harry Evans coming off the bench in. At the most important moment, uh, this was, if you don't remember the COVID season, what year was that? Does anyone remember when COVID was? <laughs> Is it not COVID-19? Yeah, so COVID-19 when it started. So this was the, the 2020, 2020 season. season. And uh, they're playing Perth to uh, basically stay in the uh, competition because they split the um, – I'm finding it hard to even explain it now, but the, if you finished in the top half, you would um, – carry on to then split the league and then the top six played off for the for the league. Um, which Red Star or Joondalup um, went on to win uh, and some kid jumps off the bench and a penalty is given and it is the most chaotic because leading up to it, there was an indirect free kick given. Um, the indirect free kick was taken and cleared off the line. It looked sort of like shoulder-ish area, but then penalties given for handball. There's We must have played about two seconds of football in about 10 minutes just with all the carnage and then you've come off the bench and does just, he picked, just does he, he just, just take the ball off kicks the ball up you're not even the designated penalty kick taker who, who did you take what? it off who was that uh I think Danny Hodgson just got subbed off. So I he's normally our, he was our penalty taker. So then you uh, just, yeah, just you just said it's yeah. it's up for grabs. He's my chance to be a hero and he's put it down on the spot. And this so I've been covering the NPL for a few years. I don't know the background of all the players and I remember saying on the commentary <laughs> I looked in the down the score sheet and I thought well this guy hasn't scored any goals this year. Um, and he's come off the bench, hadn't scored all year, puts the ball in the penalty spot. The and moxie. Then, and then my my commentary I said I got a bit carried away and I said this might be the biggest goal he will ever score and he hasn't <laughs> scored all year he puts it in runs over and celebrates with the kids it's fantastic and then, and then I thought well hang on the, the MPL is not the biggest competition maybe this guy's play, you know played for bigger teams back in the UK I, I don't know and then you you get your most important goal and it's from the MPL and it's not that goal <laughs> 
It so was just, it, it, in terms of that goal, it probably wasn't the most important goal, but it was just the, the circumstances. It you you just like sticking it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People that you, you're pissed off at. Yeah, <laughs> cool. we, can, we can all, um, we can all uh, attest to that, can't we, Kalichi? Me? Josh, you wanted to say something before we go? Uh, if we are finishing the, uh, the, <laughs> the section now. We are. I would just say it's something we didn't bring up from that game on the weekend, the Inglewood uh, Bayswater game, and you can go on the Facebook. Oh yes, check how, it out. How could we not? Um, the game was in the balance, one nil to Bayswater. Uh, Gordon Smith won a penalty. Dumba Makechi came up to take it. He hit it all right. It looked like it was going sort of in the bottom corner. Alex Dunn, massive save. He won our Mano Football Player of the Match for that save, but also just how calm he must make everyone because. He does not drop a high ball. His positioning is fantastic. Um, I actually spoke to the Inglewood goalkeeping coach about it after the game, Dave Wally, and he just said he thinks he's... Nobody talks about Alex, but he thinks that Alex is right up there with the top goalkeepers in Western Australia. He's been doing it in the top at the top level for almost 20 years now. Um, and, you know, he barely misses a game as well. So so what did you think of Alex's performance on the weekend, Harry? And, and what's it like having him in the sticks? How does it compare to the keepers that you've played with throughout your career? Yeah, I think Donny himself is a credit, you know, he's a captain as well. So he talks well with the younger boys. Um, and also, you know, he's Mr. Reliable. You know, he does go unnoticed, but, you know, I think he is probably arguably the best keeper in the league. Um, and he has been for some time now. Um, but because he plays for Inglewood and not winning the titles every year, he probably goes a little bit unnoticed. Um, but playing with him and everyone that has played with him knows he's one of the top, top keepers. Not winning the titles every year until this year, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, Harry, thank you so much for joining. It's been absolutely an absolute pleasure having you in the studio. Uh, we will be back after this uh, with some women's football. And we are back for part two. Thank you again for to Harry Evans for joining us. I've just been messing up my conjunctives all all night tonight, haven't I? Uh, anyway, let's get. Is that a conjunctive? Anyway, conjunction. let's let's conjunction. Yeah, I'm, all my words, all my words are out the window. Um, but we've got more football to talk about, and we are so lucky to be joined on the line live from the Women's Euros over in the UK by Joe Steer. Joe, thank you so much for jumping on the line. Absolute pleasure, gents. Joe, are you uh, are you burning up right now, or are you used to the forty degrees? Nah, I'm I'm the show off. I'm about to go for a big hike actually, because I thought it would be nice and quiet on the trails. <laughs> well, so Joe uh, Kalichi tells me your official title is football junkie. Is there any other professional title that you want to go by on the podcast? Yeah, no, nah, that'll do. That'll do. Football junkie. So, look. We're just, I'm just going to dive in. Talk to us a little bit about you've been to a, a bunch of games so far at the Euros. Um, you can talk to us about any particular games or goals or moments that have stood out for you. But just overall, uh, for, for myself watching, I, I was talking to the guys last week saying I'm getting up watching the mini matches or the nine-minute highlights, just like I was doing with the when the men's Euros were on. And this is uh, – we are all big uh, proponents of women's football, women's sport in general, and – this Euros to me has has been the biggest jump in in quality and standard of football that I've I've seen in a women's tournament um, for it, yeah that over the last however many years the the goals the the quality I've been amazed what what are your your views on that Yeah look I can't disagree um, so this is my second major women's international tournament that I've attended so. I, I went to the last Women's World Cup in France, which was excellent. Uh, I think in terms of the quality of the football, I think this probably is a step up again. So, so far I've been to six matches, uh, the three English group matches and the three Dutch group matches. Uh, I've got another seven or eight, including all the quarterfinals, both the semis and the finals. So still a fair bit of football to go. Um, but, yeah, look, some of what I've seen so far has... Uh, has just been brilliant. Some of it has gone to plan, including for the English so far. Beth Mead. Uh, Beth, Mead. More... Beth Mead. Beth <laughs> Mead. Sorry. Oh, oh. I, this was my uh, Ian Wright impersonation. If any of you haven't seen the video of Ian Wright just screaming Beth Mead, Beth Mead over and over again. What about your gambling, Joe? How, how has that gone? Because I remember you uh, wanted to put a bet on a uh, first goal scorer. 
I was absolutely livid. So a hot tip for anyone uh, in the UK wanting to use sports bet, they can see through a VPN. Oh no! <laughs> I watch. I watch a fair bit of the. Uh, I watch a fair bit of the WSL. So anyone that's seen the uh, the Arsenal ladies this year, the form of Beth Mead at these Euros should not come as a surprise whatsoever. And we were in the fan fest in Manchester ahead of the opener at Old Trafford, and I said Beth Mead is going to open it up here. Um, and I went to put a bet on. And, uh, I thought I was being clever using a VPN through Melbourne, but the uh, the sports bet app was uh, was smarter so again. Smart. And then of course, uh, of course, it was Beth Mead after about fifteen minutes. So I don't know what she was paying. I'd rather not know. Wow. Well, yeah. It's 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 been a wonderful tournament so far for England. Uh, a wonderful tournament overall. You, you said you were at the Dutch um, games. There, one of my favourite goals of the tournament so far. I think it was uh, Reutler for Switzerland, actually. So that's the only, the lone goal in the in the four one defeat. But the way they they built up the play so quickly there, and she just took a couple of touches to dribble around, and then was falling over and just off balance this instinctive finish. And and uh, I guess my, I'll get to my broader point, but but the way she took that goal, the, there were a couple of goals in Spain's opener, I think it was like a flicked header from the penalty spot to the far corner. There is so much instinct and so much that shows that these are now girls that have grown up watching football, playing football, and are now playing at the top level where. Maybe obviously growing up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, no girls are growing up thinking they can ever go and play football for England or play football for Australia. But now you've got Beth Mead uh, becoming a hero for England. We've got Sam Kerr here who will be an absolute idol for young girls growing up. That's that's just so huge for for the future of the sport, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And you see the, the rapid improvement in some of these countries. I do feel sorry for the Spanish and because they lost um, Alexia Pateas on the, the eve of the tournament, about two or three days out, she did her ACL, which is uh, devastating for them and I think has had a clear impact on the team. But that, that's a good example of a team that's come a long, long way in a fairly short space of time. The Portuguese, I saw the Dutch against the Portuguese. Now, the Portuguese, they're only in the tournament because the Russians got kicked out. Mm. Um, so they're really, you know, they, they came in to make up the numbers and they pushed the Dutch all the way and again it took a fantastic goal from Daniela Vanderdonk and to get the Dutch a, a 3-2 there um, the game you mentioned yesterday against the, the Swiss as well I mean that that ended up being a 4-1 scoreline and that's maybe one of the criticisms of women's football in the past you do get these blowouts but if you watch that game that um, that is woefully unfair on the Swiss girls and uh, uh, Van Dom Salah, the uh, the Dutch goalkeeper, had a sensational game, and then uh, the Swiss, I think, uh, got a bit tired in the last ten minutes and and let in let in three goals. But that was one all for a long, long time. So it's been um it's been gripping gripping football, uh, even the blowouts eight nil. Uh, I was going to say it's okay way. for a blowout I when it's England, not, isn't it? Did not see that coming. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was gonna sorry, this is Josh. I was gonna um talk. Uh, bring bring up that one because that was a, a that was a massive result uh, in terms of Norway actually being favoured as the other team to get out of that, out of that group with England and and then the other thing that people are looking at in terms of the records for England is uh, Ellen White who's right on Wayne Rooney's international goal scoring record um, is there a bit of mood around that over there are, are people waiting for those goals to go in from her. Um, they are, but at the same time, if you if you look at the last game and what Alessia Russo did oh uh, when goodness. she came on and replaced Ellen White, uh, Ellen White is under a little bit of pressure now just to hold her spot. So it's actually an interesting little subplot there as to whether or not uh, Ellen White's going to gonna start the next game. Uh, next game, obviously, being the quarterfinal against the Spanish tomorrow. So um, I hope she does. I hope she does get the chance to take that record. But at the same time, you couldn't blame Serena Wigman if, if she puts in Alessia Russo instead because she was absolutely phenomenal when she came on. Um, the, the Norway game, yeah, if you had a camera on my face, my, my jaw was somewhere around my ankles most <laughs> of that game. I could not believe what we were seeing. Um, I think it reflects well on England. I think they were a bit nervous in the opening game. and uh, 1-0 against Austria, everyone probably expected them to do a little bit better against that. But, you know, credit to the Austrians, pretty well organised. Uh, but the Norwegian team's got some questions to answer. That, that's a fantastic team of individuals, the Champions League winners. Hegerberg came back to much fanfare and um, and they're out, they're gone. 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you did bring up that game because this is one I was actually going to throw to as well because uh, an old uh, favourite of ours, Kalichi, John Arno Risa, uh, they've, they've written down here Norwegian football legend. I guess it may be Norway probably, but um, we, we know he loved to take a pot shot, didn't we? Just uh, shooting, John Arno shooting yeah. from far. That hasn't stopped yet. At 41 years old, he's still taking pot shots and he's taken one at the Norwegian team this week. Uh, if you didn't hear what he was saying... He, um, I'll get the quotes here. He said, this is the biggest game in a long time for Norway. You see the attitude. That's why I think it's embarrassing. It's pathetic because there's no body language or the will to fight for your country. Tactically, they're all over the place. The defending was horrible. Oh, I said at 2-0, this could get out. No, let me get to why I think this is great. It's unbelievably shocking to see how bad Norway were first half. When you see the players, they're looking to the coach's bench and asking who should pick up who. England are doing extremely well in their positioning with and without the ball, but Norway don't know what to do without the ball. And in my opinion, once you've got uh, ex-professional footballers or, or pundits getting really angry, that's when you know you've really made it. Like, <laughs> he's, he's uh, so, I mean. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and legends. And we, we, we use legend loosely, but uh, of the male <laughs> game. Weighing, weighing in with substance on the women's team. Um, I think it is a good thing. Uh, you can't be, you can't go fully professional and expect to be totally uh, immune from criticism. And that's been one of the sort of debates about women's football. Do people pussyfoot around it? And, you know, credit where it's due, obviously, but at the same time, uh, that Norwegian performance was was horrendous. Uh, And it was obvious to me up in the stands after about four pints. Uh, what they could have done to change things around. <laughs> Nothing's obvious uh, to me after four still months. didn't do it. <laughs> and you you oh. know, and you've, you've, you've got some fantastic individuals in that game. They're standing around, they're finger pointing. I mean, it, that, that was the team that kicked Australia out of the last Women's World Cup. Caroline Graham Hansen, what she did to the Matildas that day should have been illegal. <laughs> uh, and she was a non-factor, a non-factor. And... Um, they're standing around, they're pointing, Beth Mead, Lucy Bronze, just tearing them to absolute bits, and they did nothing about it. So, yeah, plenty plenty to work on, but I'm happy for the Austrians because uh, certainly the game of theirs I saw against England, uh, they're a team of no names, but they were very well organised and very well disciplined uh, on the big stage at Old Trafford in front of 70-odd thousand, and they gave a really good account of themselves. So, As a tough quarter they have, um, but they deserve to be there. As an Australian football fan, and there was that result right before the Euros where Spain absolutely hammered the Matildas 7-0, although it wasn't really the Matildas team. But uh, Tony Gustafson afterwards sort of said or or indicated that he was making a point about the gulf between the players that are playing at the top level in Europe and the players that are playing uh, only part-time at the NPL level who are the next uh, line down um, for Australia because the, the women's competition is so short in Australia. How do you feel as an Australian footballer fan about the potential gap that might be opening between the European countries who are investing really heavily now in women's football and Australia where we've probably stood still for too long? Yeah, look, I think that friendly should be sounding warning bells. I'm sure it is. Um this tournament, I think we saw it coming. I mean, people said to me, why are you going to the Women's Euros? Matildas aren't playing. If you look at the eight quarterfinalists from that French World Cup, seven out of eight were European sides. And, of course, the eighth was, uh, was the US. Boring. Um, <laughs> so we've seen it. We've, we've seen it in the works for the, for the last few years. The leagues over here, I'm thinking in particular the English League, um, the Spanish League and Barcelona got some problems the German league very very good um, the professionalism uh, is increasing all the time the more of our Matildas we can get into these leagues the better because they're not doing like you can see now the girls playing WSL they're actually getting proper recovery uh, for the first time ever in their careers because they're not doing you know, the old path seem to be go to the states come back, play W League, rinse and repeat. You're never really having um, a proper break. So you're getting the injuries that come with that. And um, and look, the standard of these leagues is, is terrific as well. Um, look, obviously you're having a really good time and enjoying the atmosphere there. So tell us, what's that like? And also, how excited are you for the fact that there's going to be a World Cup happening here in Australia and, and there'll be games here in WA? 
oh, so excited. And uh, every time I open my mouth and, and people realise where I'm from, I'm fielding questions. Uh, heaps of people attending this tournament are planning to make the trip out. Asking you if you've got a spare couch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think people are also working out how uh, how expensive Australia is. Although I was joking, I was joking with a Swiss couple yesterday. So well, you don't need to worry because I've been to Switzerland <laughs> and that's horrendous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, we we should start getting really uh, really excited. The atmosphere has been terrific. I'll speak for anyone who's been to to a women's tournament. I've been to many men's tournaments as well. It is just a different vibe. I was um, watching it. So, sorry to here. jump over you, and I'm doing it with the delay, so I just sort of have to keep talking and commit now. But um, that that's a really interesting point because the atmosphere. I was going to describe it when I watch the games. It is different, but it feels like they're playing for an Olympic gold medal. It has more of that Olympic festive vibe where everyone's there to celebrate, and it, it is a lot, obviously, a lot more positive, uh, a lot less effing and jeffing. But it it's it still doesn't take away from the fact that it is just a, an awesome thing to be a part of. I'm assuming because I'm not there. Oh, 100%. 100%. And um, I'm following the Dutch games for a reason because when, when the Matildas got knocked out in France, we had tickets all the way through the final and we needed a new bandwagon. And we thought, who's got the best parties? And the answer to that is the Dutch. <laughs> if, you've seen, if you've seen the way that they are... <laughs> You've seen the way that they uh, get together before the before the games. They march the stadium together behind a, a giant uh, bright orange double-decker Leyland bus. It's got speaker stacks on the back of it, cranking out uh, a whole bunch of random Dutch songs. I could, uh, I could sing you the tunes. I couldn't tell you what any of the, oh, go any for of the lyrics mean. Don't hold back. Uh, <laughs> there's an excellent one where you sort of bounce from side to side. You've got to be, you got to be on your game. Otherwise, you get a, a Dutch person jumping on you and, uh, <laughs> and, and barking, the, barking obscenities there was a fan, at, at um, you in Dutch. Dressed up, uh, I saw at the end of the highlights for, the, for their last game against Switzerland, um, obviously the, the orange uh, of of the Netherlands, but uh, just had to find a, a famous character that dressed in all orange, and he found Fred Flintstone, and it was a yeah a Dutch fan there with his kid. I think his yeah. skin was painted orange as well, wearing the full like Fred Flintstone orange kit. Just yeah, it was fantastic. There's there's a Willy Wonka getting around. There's there's some carrots <laughs> getting around. Um, now that the atmosphere is terrific. It, it's blokes, it's women, it's families that did the right thing by making all the tickets really, really affordable. And so you can, there's people doing it tough in this country as they are back home. It is something you can afford to take your whole family to and um, and it's converting people. Uh, I was telling a story uh, earlier today uh, to one of the locals. I said I was sitting next to two blokes watching the Netherlands and Sweden. And these two blokes started off, they're clearly um, just Sheffield locals come along to have a bit of a squeeze and they started off by making some really horrendous sexist remarks about the Swedish girls, obviously not horrendous to look at. And they're going on like this for a while and I'm sort of there biting my tongue thinking, all right, when's it time to speak up and put a stop to this? I am and surprised you didn't just jump time. in and then slap them, to be honest. <laughs> well, Physical no, violence no, doesn't solve anything, Kelly. I've had enough. <laughs> he... Um, they start saying to each other, gee, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> yes. Geez, mm. these girls know how to play. And by the end of the game, it's ended up with them on their phone, figuring out when the next match in Sheffield is and booking another ticket. Oh, so that's awesome. There we go. Yeah. And, that, and that, it's, that's what it's all about. That There's is what we're talking about. A little bit of conversion happening. Yep. And, and that, yeah. uh, oh, you and, mentioned. And I hope we get the same in Australia. Oh, we, we definitely will. You mentioned the, the USA before, and I was going to say um, that they are the perfect example of a country that if they see a chance to be the best at anything, they will go for it. And they saw women's football and they pumped all their, got the infrastructure, got the money. And then all of a sudden that team becomes one of the best in the world. It just shows that that quality. And then now these other European countries are doing the same thing and the demand is there and, and we're seeing record crowds at women's Barcelona games. Uh, the turnout is there and, and now we're seeing businesses go, oh, well, now we can make some money off of this as well because people are watching it around the world and the standard is just going to get better and better and better and, oh, boy, Australia World Cup. Uh, <laughs> Josh, you take it away. I know, I've, I've heard Iceland are, are very similar to that in terms of that the national sport becomes whatever they're good at at the particular <laughs> time. So if they <laughs> If they manage to 
pull one and Greco Roman wrestling and, and or beat. Yeah, well, like it was MMA, and then it was like strongman competitions when Hathor from uh, from Game <laughs> of Thrones was doing it, and then when they made the Euros, then it became uh, then it became Iceland, so then it became football. So that game against France, uh, if the, if they do anything there, that'll be fun. So let's look ahead to the remaining games. I heard you may be going on to one uh, potentially Iceland France tonight, but that, I think that is the uh, the one group that hasn't been decided. So potentially it could be. Uh, one of is it Iceland and Italy that can still go through. Also Belgium, and Belgium. as well. And but so all yeah. three of them can still the finish French, second. So everything to play for except the for the French. So the French can just decide who they yeah, want the to screw over. Basically, they can let yeah, Iceland through, or they can decide, hey, we don't like Italy. Um, yeah, let's let's let Iceland through. I hope that obviously the integrity of these players is much higher than those in this uh, booth here uh, tonight. Um, but uh, the other quarterfinals, England, Spain, that's going to be a really exciting one, and obviously one that the the whole country there is going to be excited for. Germany, Austria is just an exciting one for the for the countries. Um, Sweden will be taking on the second place in that um, either Iceland, Italy, or Belgium, and then France and the Netherlands in the other quarterfinal. Uh, do you have a pick? Joe, because I can get on Sportsbet uh, and place it for reckon, you if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I reckon it comes from three, and I'm going to throw in a dark horse as well. Um, I think England, you have to mention, uh, just based on what we've seen so far, certainly that Norway game proved that they can really turn it on when they want to. Uh, the depth in that English side, I really reckon you could just about replace the first 11 with the second 11. There, there wouldn't be a noticeable drop in quality, um, which, yeah, holds them in really good stead. Uh, the one question mark there is it is England playing at a home tournament. So at some stage, um, they're going to start to uh, to feel the pressure. No, but they're not burdened Sweden. by the past sins of, of the men's team. It's, they, they can start, write a new oh, chapter in know. English football. <laughs> I, I saw a team in the opener that was a little bit burdened. They didn't. They didn't play anywhere. Hey, they didn't play anywhere picks. near as, as as freely as I expected them to. I think the Swedes are just warming their way into it nicely. Uh, that's a really well balanced team. Great defence. Good threats in attack. Um, lots of experienced players there as well. I think the Germans. Uh, they've won it something like eight times before. Well oiled machine. Half of them will play together at either Wolfsburg or Bayern. Um, so, yeah, well-oiled machine, working their way along nicely. My smoky would be the French. You just never know what you're going to get from the French team. The coach is an absolute nutter. She's left out two of their best players in Le Sommet and Henri uh, for reasons that they I still haven't the, been able to get to the bottom of. They just the French do it in every... Remember Patrice Evra had like half the team on his side in the in the men's team as well and then yeah. they have players oh, that, that missing was, that, out. It's, and, always, it's always like the, the World Cup after they win the World Cup, they uh, just go absolutely nuts. So yes. like the 2022 World Cup yeah. French team is really... This is the men's World Cup. They're really one to look out for to see how they can blow it up this time How around. do you not have Henri in that team? Yeah. She's a monster. I know, I know. Um, yeah, personality clashes or something. Yeah, something ridiculous. Anyway, they're still humming along nicely. So that, they'll either explode or implode. Uh, um, either way, I, I think they have the better of the Netherlands... Uh, they're the defending champs. I, I would love them to go far just because I'm enjoying the parties that uh, <laughs> Viviana Miedemar has got COVID at the worst possible time um, from, as you do, this sort of tournament. I was talking to someone yesterday. I said, How, how's Viv feeling? Do you reckon she'll get up? He said, oh, let me just text her mother. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, she's still quite crook. Uh, so I think the French should take care of the Dutch in that quarter. Um, and yeah, so I think that's my that's my final four. Oh well, that's uh, something to look forward to. I'm actually heading off to Canada on the Sunday this week, so I'm actually going to be in a nice time zone where I can watch these games around the middle of the day. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to be um, yeah fobbing off a fair bit of holiday time to to sit down and watch the Euros. You continue to enjoy them. Thank you so much for joining us. Our first ever foreign correspondent on the Perth football podcast. It's our version of Sid and Spain, sure. Yeah, you are. And I think she's better than Sid. <laughs> knows her football more than Sid anyway. Knows her drinking too. Yeah. <laughs> you go and enjoy those uh, Dutch parties. I hope they rumble on longest. And you know what? Knowing the Dutch... 
regardless of whether they go out in the quarterfinals, those parties are still going to be going on until the final. They will hang around uh, and party with you, I'm sure. Yeah, look, if, if, no, if no one wants to drive the bus, I, um, I can drive a stick, so I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, thank you so much again. Uh, I'll let the others say goodbye and, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of the tournament. See you, Joe. See you, Joe. Have a great tournament. My pleasure, gents. Hit record. Let's go. While Josh is still in the toilet. I feel like he ruined He doesn't have the clout that we have for these advertising sections. It is that part of the ad. Part of the ad? Oh, my goodness. What is wrong with me today? Part of the podcast, Kalichi. You take over, please. Talk talk about Mate, you're clearly you... not on. You're clearly not on. Pre-season, sorry, pre-season, mid-season form. I am not in mid-season form. Can you just take over? <laughs> well, do you know who is in good mid-season form? You just form. had a bad touch there as well. Who is? Macron. Oh, they <laughs> seamless. Absolutely seamless. Tell us why. What do they do? They help out in the grassroots yeah. community. Grassroots attire. <laughs> if you want to get some sporting attire for your grassroots club or your semi-pro club or your professional club, I think that's the place to go, isn't it? They've got the best-looking kits. We've talked about it a few times. In the NPL that we watch a lot, the best kits are always the Macron ones. I saw a, uh, I saw an interesting kit. They've actually got one of the um, Rugby World Cup kits as well. Really? Yeah, yeah no but surprise. reached out to Macron the other day to get something called a hero shirt. The idea is you get a you get a shirt. You know how everyone has like the the the, the shit player shirt or the donkey yeah, the shirt. Donkey shirt. Yeah, we've got. We've, I, I know all about that from my playing days. Yeah, we've got the hero shirt. We've gone the opposite way. We've gone. Look, guys, times a little bit tough. People might not be feeling the best, but here's a hero shirt, and uh, it's got the Macron logo on it. It's got our North Perth United logo. It's got hero at the back, first team hero, reserve team hero, and basically any of the players who had a great week or who embodied something that the club likes or embodied something that the coach likes. They get to wear this mint gold, amazing one of a kind. What's, what's, what's shipping like on those? Because I think in terms of the podcast, we're going to probably have to ship it off to Joe. Oh, absolutely, She's been the hero absolutely. of this podcast. Or we could just wait until she gets back and then like hand deliver that's one. That's true. Just yeah, but, but from this Osborne week, Park. She's been there. She's been there. That's right. They are just based locally here. Um, check out the. Uh, Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page. With yes, Jordan. Jump on there, see what they can do for you. Reach out, send them a message. They get back to you quickly. Very polite. They're just the best bunch of people uh, in sport. Apart and they from support the football us as well, guys. So thank you so much for your support. And again, it keeps the lights on. It keeps us able to, to provide you with content and making sure that it is free 99. Yep, and uh, speaking of keeping the lights on, the lights are going to go off quite soon. So we do need to get on to part three. We'll be back with that after this. And we're back for part three. We have gone from Joe Steer on the line in the Peak District in the UK to a man who was born right next door in Sheffield. He now resides in North Perth. He's everyone's favourite man, Mr. Football, Tommy Dolman. Everyone's favourite man might even be better than Greatest Man, but I'll uh, let you guys decide. Tommy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again, Sean. Uh, it is always a pleasure. Look, we're going to wrap this one up. We've had a bumper episode so far. Joe's been telling us all about how... Uh, exciting and wonderful the uh, women's Euros are at the moment uh, and the quarterfinals just around the corner. Uh, mm. So that one will be wrapping up in the next couple of weeks. Another competition that might be wrapping up this week is the women's MPL, at least in terms of the league. Uh, I don't think that's a big surprise to anyone. Perth Red Star have been running away with that since uh, day dot this league. They've won every single game. They had their game against bottom place Curtin postponed after they thumped Curtin in the cup. Uh, so they will play on Tuesday. Uh, so tomorrow, by the time you're listening to this, you might be on the way to the game. It could be, um, could be but, today it gets wrapped up based yeah, on when they're listening to this. Yeah, but jump onto MPL.tv and uh, watch that. If you are interested, I would be expecting a Perth Red Star win. I'd be expecting a, a title clincher, but there is still the top four spots to play for. And we did have a couple of very, very big games before we get on. Uh, to the big EJ Doust performance. Uh, we were talking about how much of a novelist uh, EJ Doust sounds like Tommy Dolman. What is your middle name? Uh, Edmund. So T.E. Dolman. What would T.E. Dolman's uh, first publication Perfect. be called? I'm assuming it's football uh, related, knowing you. Yeah, it would be. I, I think I would like to do a book, the Elsa era, um, and, and what sort of Bielsa did. Um, what would you call it? Is, it? is this like a novel or is it a, a, a like a history? Is is it is it a fictionalization of it? No, this would be. A, this I, is... I, I think it, I think it would be. I think it would be the Bielsa Bible, and I think it would be just a little nice. bit of a, a a look back as to 
what Bielsa sort of meant to Bilbao, because obviously he was so successful there. He had those stints with Argentina as well and with Chile. Um, had a brief stint with Marseille where he sat on the coffee cup, as we all know, and then obviously he... Um, Mate, he save it for the book. Leads getting back to the Premier League. So, <laughs> yeah, it was... Look, I, I, he, he's... he's so he's he's been such a great coach. Maybe not won the accolades and the trophies he's deserved, but yeah, yeah, great, great character. Great that, that does lead me on uh, because we are in a rush and we don't want to get segued. I'm going to segue on to saying who would play him in a movie adaptation of the Bielsa Bible, uh, oh, the big geez. screen. Because oh. I want to put my hand up there and just say he might have to wear platforms because he's even a little bit too short for it. But uh, Dan, I think Danny DeVito would be a would be a good one. <laughs> oh. You're throwing me under the bus there in terms of a, of a lead actor. He'd have uh, to do the think, accent. Yeah. Well, ask, yeah. Ask, me, ask me at the very end of the podcast. Kalichi's, Kalichi's pretending this is just so annoying and he doesn't want to listen to it. And we haven't even talked about his tackle on Friday's Eco this week and he's still getting annoyed at me. I know. I was worried that we weren't going to keep up the streak. I know. We, we, and then we would forget to talk about What that episode ha- are we on now? Tackle. I don't know. Episode X. Episode uh, 17. So, hey, episode, we've done it. Episode 7. We're 17 in a row. <laughs> um, we've mentioned it. So, Hyundai NTC won Perth Soccer Club nil. I keep saying one of the best games of football I've seen uh, this year was the exact same matchup at the exact same ground. Did you catch a bit of this one at E&D League? Stadium, what was it like? I did, yeah. Um, third time this season that NTC have beaten Perth as well, which is quite stunning, really, when you consider NTC's position in the league. Um, the goal was scored by uh Louise Tana, second uh time that she scored against Perth this season after your uh your call on her stunning strike back in round two, I think it might have been um, all those um weeks ago yep. at EMD Leader Stadium, but yeah, um, I think a lot of it was owed to Lily Bailey, to be honest. Um, I know that she was the um, she was the player of the game last week, but she was outstanding again at the weekend. She made a couple of really good saves um, to thwart um, to, to thwart Perth in their attempts of of getting a winner and perhaps keeping the the title race alive for another week longer and and getting that win and that little bit of momentum going into Sundays. Just, just, just so we don't upset but, our sponsors, she wasn't the player of the game last week. She was the Mano footballer of the game. Uh, but Josh has something to say. I was going to say about that goal because um, I just watched it back before. Uh, and I think it is one of the absolute best team goals that's been scored in the MPLW competition. Oh, yeah. You, you, look at, you, look at the, um, you look at the way the conditions were. It was wet. It was terrible. We know that pitch at Littis gets really dug up in the rain. In fact, it was really wet uh, when we saw them play there before the, the mm. famous 3-2 result. Um, but the quality of the football, they just moved that ball. There's a point where they played it into um, uh, Tanika Lalo, dropped in from the nine position into the midfield, little bounce pass, and it just completely opened up uh, the Perth defence. Um, and, you know, four or five one-touch passes all the way from back to front. It was a really good goal. It was comparatively simple finish, but in terms of the number of players that touched it and the way they cut Perth open with that goal, I thought was just sensational. Yeah, exactly right, Josh. And um, it's that transition, isn't it? We've seen that on, on a number of occasions from NTC this season, and we sort of eulogised about their pressing and, and the way that they like to be on the front foot and play football. But they've also got the ability to counter as well. And they, they went from deep and they moved the ball really quickly forward and, and got that winner through through Tana, which was a um, just just a, a nice sort of end to a flying move, and and like I said, it's the third time NTC have beaten Perth this season, so there's clearly something in the water there in terms mm. of how NTC like to play Perth. Um, I think you've got to sort of take that on face value that the NTC do like to play against those teams that maybe press out a little bit more and like to attack. But as I mentioned before, Lily Bailey was outstanding and definitely kept Perth at bay. They had plenty of chances to get the points, but obviously couldn't put one in the back of the net. Yep. So that, well, they did put one in the back of the net. That was the last thing I was going to mention uh, very Uh, early on, I think in the third minute, but a ruled out offside, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there was a a short, a short corner. um, And I'm not sure whether the return um, back to Jamie Duncanson uh, saw her take, saw her caught offside, or whether her delivery led to the player who put the ball in the back of the net. I think it was Liana Cook being given offside, but either way, the the official's flag was up, and that was what was given. But 
clarification needed on which of the yep. two players were well, offside. Uh, well, we'll segue from that game with the assistant referee's decision to the Balcata. Etna 2, bouncing back from that midweek disappointing loss to Perth. Uh, Murdoch University, Melville, nil. Uh, the reason I mentioned the assistant referee is that Chloe Smith was uh, down to run the line, but picked up an injury earlier in the day. Um, so her little brother, Corey Smith, uh, took the shirt, he took the flag, and he went and run the line uh, in that game. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Corey. He was uh, very nervous um, when I saw him at halftime, but he did a fantastic job. And, yeah, when you don't expect to be uh, refereeing a game in, in a proper official uniform with your flag, and uh, that uh, you could be, yeah, quite nervous, especially when you've got the Diopras on your side, that, who are probably the most vocal complainers in the uh, – they, they, they love a yell at the, the, the Love you, Monique. We absolutely do, but when the decision's wrong, they let you know. Uh, did he have the uh, Did he have the hookup? Did he have the earpiece in and uh, everything? I I am not sure. Stop asking me questions. Uh, I I'm, I'm uh, not. Uh, I'm just not sharp tonight. I'm not sharp enough to think on my feet like that. Um, Kalichi's telling me to shut up. No, sorry, that's his very polite signal to say. <laughs> We've got to wrap things up. So we will quickly talk about Balcata, Etna 2, Murdoch University, Melville nil. Uh, that one is was a really, really big match. Um, Balcata just a point ahead going into the week uh, and now four points clear of uh, the Murdoch University, Melville, just two points clear of the NTC. So that fourth spot is really still up for grabs, um, especially uh, with Perth dropping points as well. So they're on 23 points, but they have a game in hand. So you would think uh, Perth probably the favourite, certainly uh, to finish top four. Balcata just a point behind them, uh, like I said, having played a game more. But they really, really played well this game. I I, I think mum, uh, as Luke uh, talked to me after the game, just said it just wasn't a pretty watch. It wasn't a game where anything stuck, where they could just make things work. It was one of those where they made a cup that they were poor defensively on the two corners that they conceded from um, that EJ Doust uh, stroked home uh, very similar goals, both of them. Um, and I was uh, singing her praises uh, during that uh, cup semi-final against Perth. She was absolutely unbelievable. The number of times yeah. um, she got back and made covering tackles and just read the play. And if anyone's stepping out and winning it as, as a commentator, you can pretty much just assume that it's her and guess. And it, it almost always was. Um, I didn't assume and guess on the first goal that it was her smashing home on the volley. Um, but yeah, but it was, it was a good finish. It was one of those where it didn't pick the corner, center half up uh, and just, I'm just going to use my technique to just make sure I hit it, get a bit of power behind it, get it on target with bodies in the way of the goalkeeper. It's very hard to save. And, and they're both very almost identical goals. Um, they were only her second and third goals of the season. So she, she has not been a prolific uh, scorer, as you can probably guess from, from center half. But how much have you seen of her this year, Tommy? I, I've been so impressed. Yeah, she's been one of Balcata's best players. I think her and Monique Godding, for me, have probably been their two most outstanding players from from the games I've seen. Just something on Doust as well. I remember speaking to Tim Cash at the beginning of last season, and um, uh, Doust had just come over from the NTC, um, and uh, Tim Cash, who was coaching last season before Steve Atkins came in, um, told me that he was um, really excited by her, by her potentially in the number 10 position or maybe in the number 8 role. Um, so the fact that she's been converted to the, the centre of defence this season has done such a good job. And you can see by the way that she sort of carries the ball out of the back that she is uh, perhaps previously a midfielder and she has got that technical ability. So uh, I think an, a little bit of extra praise probably warranted as well, given that she has made that move from midfield to defence and has looked ever so comfortable. Yep, and uh, just to wrap things up now, we know Red Star with that uh, potential to win the league probably tonight when you're listening. Probably they've already won it if you're listening on Wednesday. Um, so, look, hats oh, off you've, to you've them. Also, you've also got to re record an alternative. They've just choked the league. <laughs> Curtin's got their first win. We don't know what's happening. I, I yeah, has, am... has, has a team ever won their first 14 games of the season and then and lost, and lost the, the rest winless of them team. And... Oh. And lost the rest of them, and 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 miss that would be probably somewhere in the world. But I will literally eat a hat. I will literally eat my hat if uh, Perth Red Star do not win oh, the league. I, I thought you were going to say if they if they lose the curtain because that could happen. No, if they don't win the league, if they haven't already won the league on Wednesday, by the time you listen to this, I will eat a hat. I will literally find one of my hats and eat it because it. Yeah, yeah I I watch them in. Please give us the details of this hat. I watch them it in a delicious the hat. Is it like a K cat or an actual hat? I get to choose. No, a real hat. Like does I'll it eat. A, the, does it need to be I'll, washed before you eat it, or like I will take just my with whatever's on it at the time. No, I I get to choose. Obviously, I'm the one eating the hat, so 
so I, but it will be proper fabric. I will, I'll have to cut it up and digest it. Shawnee, like, Bill, if you are listening, please, just for the hilarity, please. Uh, yes. I, I don't, don't win another game this year. We need to see this no, man. No, no, no. Just, just, don't, just, just don't win tomorrow. Yeah, they will. Uh, so we're lowering the bars. Just don't win tomorrow. Yeah, I'm happy with or that. Tonight. They they will win against Curtin. Absolutely 100% nailed on. Um, or you'll eat your hat. All right. Well, yeah, I will eat a hat. I will find out. I'm not going to eat. Well, the only two hats I own at the moment are um, like a, an Akubra that, that Maddie bought me for Christmas and one that her dad bought me for Christmas. So I'm like, I don't want to eat one of those. I'll go and buy another hat. I do feel, Mate, I, feel I will like I've give had... you Tom Landry's hat to eat. <laughs> I'm not eating that. That was a gift. You're going to eat That's Tom how Landry. little it means to you. Unbelievable. <laughs> You've got to show Josh that gift, by the way. He will love it. Thank you so much for listening. Tommy, thank you so much for joining us. Where can you pick up your copy of the Bielsa Bible? <laughs> um, well, I was actually going to suggest that I think that Ted Danson is probably the most likely person. To play oh, there we else. go. So that's, my, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my late suggestion. Could, could Ted Danson play? Could Ted Danson? Could Ted Danson play Bielsa in the younger years? Oh, that that would be some that, serious then, like de aging. Then That'll Danny like, DeVito can that would be play like the... the Luke Skywalker de aging in the Mandalorian. Yeah. All I'm right. Talking, I'm talking. I'm talking. Good place, Danson. If you've seen that. Netflix series. Yes, yeah, he is very good in that. Uh, where can we pick up a copy of your book, Josh? The synagogue. Uh... Oh, the, the the last synagogue. I, I've I've been having some. I've been rethinking, and I think I might call it the world's greatest man <laughs> memoir. <laughs> That's not bad. And uh, Kalichi, one day you will write uh, the beautiful the beautiful struggle. Struggle, yeah. And where were you? Just on Amazon? You'll just give it straight uh, to Jeff Bezos. I and... won't give it to Amazon. I'll give it to someplace <laughs> local. Publish. Someplace like, ought to be good. Right. Honestly, I'm going to write this book and you'll all enjoy it. All right, we are rambling enough. Uh, we don't have any books. Don't buy them. Um, but uh, do... Sean, what's your book going to be called? What's SB Fry's book? Oh, going to be it sounds well based on tonight. Uh, distilled chaos. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye, baby. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Toodaloo. See ya. Bye. <laughs>